0: Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Amy Kluber. Streamlining procurement in the federal government can ensure quicker adoption of emerging technologies, more agile workflows, a talented workforce, and the list goes on. The U.S. Digital Service has a reputation for being at the forefront of tech modernization across government. It provides various consulting services, making impacts at agencies like Veterans Affairs and Health and Human Services, and it really prides itself on hiring and empowering the diverse people to deliver better services for Americans. U.S. Digital Services Director of Procurement Florence Casule, a former contracting officer herself and previously an acquisition lead at the Defense Digital Service, knows a thing or two about traditional acquisition. She leads the agency's team of acquisition experts, so-called the Procureminati, who are aiming to transform how government approaches buying and developing digital tools and services. She explains the importance of relationships and what she describes as lifelines in acquisition. Let's hear it from her. Florence, thank you so much for joining us on GovCast. It's awesome to have you. I'm looking forward to learning
1: more about your role. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. How long have you been in public service? So I got my start back in 2008. So it's been 13 years. And I started actually within a program called GAMIP, the Government Wide Acquisition Management Intern Program. That's a mouthful, but it was administered by the Department of Interior to bring in more acquisition professionals into the government.
0: Wow. So you jumped into the acquisition side kind of immediately.
1: <laughs> yes, and knowing pretty much nothing, <laughs> getting a lot of training in that program. It was a two-year rotational program where we went from agency to agency learning about acquisitions and the acquisition role, the role of the contracting officer, contract specialist from in different agencies.
0: Wow, amazing. I, you know, I do note that you call yourself an IT acquisition nerd and a bureaucracy slayer. Uh, that sounds like something a lot of people should probably adopt. Why do you call yourself that?
1: So I nerd out on a lot of things around acquisitions, particularly around IT acquisitions. So I love reading up on really interesting issues, what I find interesting, as most nerds do. You go deep into the rabbit hole of whatever you're interested in. And I love doing that and nerding out with other people who love talking about IT acquisitions in particular, bureaucracy slayer, more because I love seeing the... Like the through line through different issues, and then figuring out a way to get to our desired end result using the tools that we have, either the you know the policies, rules, regulations, or helping people work through them, work through the process of maybe moving those obstacles out of the way, because a lot of times at different agencies, the issues are local policies that have been created or they're myths that people have been kind of passing from one generation of acquisition professional to another that we have to work through.
0: Wow. So in a way, you're kind of like a messenger, you know, like government doesn't have to be like this. It can be efficient.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all based on us as people, right? So as efficient as we want it to work, it can work.
0: What first sparked your interest in the whole contracting space? Was it that internship program that, you know,
1: you, maybe it was a new challenge you wanted to take on? It was that internship program. I had just finished my MBA at GW, George Washington University, and I was looking for a new challenge. I'd been in the, actually in the international education space for a number of years, managing international exchange programs for universities around the world. And through this MBA, I met people on the ground who were contracting professionals, contracting officers, and then learned of this program And it was accelerated. We got to learn very deeply about the acquisition regulations. And because it was rotational, I got a taste of those regulations at different agencies. So it really got me into learning the different spaces and the different ways agencies interpret the regulations.
0: Wow, amazing. You know, you've been a part of several different agencies now, but actually you're kind of like a boomerang to the digital service.
1: So what brought you back? Gosh, the opportunity to help lead the Procurementati, which is an amazing group that I had the pleasure and honor to be a part of back in 2018. I had been a, we're all called digital service experts, and I'd been on the procurement team left to help lead the acquisitions over at the Defense Digital Service, which was an offshoot of U.S. Digital Service within the Department of Defense, and loved my time there. And really went there, because that was where my beginnings were. When I finished that developmental program that I mentioned earlier, I landed at Department of Defense, and that's where I grew as a contracting professional. So when the opportunity came up, Tracy Walker, who helped lead the procurement team at USDS for years, her time was coming to an end. I think most people know that within u s. digital service, we are term limited, so her time was coming to an end. and the the recruiting for her successor was put out. And so I threw my hat in the ring. And so here I am. And yep, here you are
0: on this podcast. (laughs) So you mentioned before that you were in the international education realm. Is there anything from that side that you feel has contributed to some of the acquisition efforts that you've been a part of?
1: Oh, gosh, there are some similarities. So the role that I had within international education was what We were steeped heavily in regulations. It was around the care and nurturing of international students and scholars. So it was very deeply held in regulations around immigration and the movement of J1 and F1 students, like international visitors and scholars. And so a lot of that, the way that I learned in that field, translated and transferred over to the heavy regulations around buying things with taxpayer dollars. But it's also about relationship building, right? Like you have to build relationships with your, back then it was students and administrators of the university. In government, it's with the program office. It's with people who are going to actually use the technology that I help bring into the government. So a lot of it is related, but it comes down to relationships, I believe.
0: That's actually a good point. Because, you know, when we're talking about technology modernization, a lot of people talk about the strategies of technology, you know, the tech itself, the innovation around tech, but there's always that behind the scenes aspect of the relationships and the people behind it. So it's actually a good point that you would mention the relationships and the importance of them to something like acquisition.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't I think with IT modernization, people, because it starts with IT, people think, oh, okay, let me just get the new shiny thing and bring it into my space and then all problems will be solved or at least be alleviated in some manner. But I like the idea of people process and then bring in the technology to help enable the modernization, but you really cannot ignore working out who are your people, what is your workforce, what's the makeup of your workforce. What are the processes that help them do their jobs better and that you want to move things out to if your end folks, your the people on the ground, if it's the American people, the American public, if it's, you know, if you're trying to satisfy things within your department, you really, I believe, have to work through all of the like what are your issues within the workforce and what are the processes that they're working through and then layer the technology that meets those needs.
0: Right. And similarly, kind of on the flip side, how have you seen agencies, IT modernization strategies impacting that procurement strategy side?
1: So you can't have IT modernization without really thinking through your procurement, all the procurement implications. So the ones that I believe have done it well have really, again, it comes down to the relationships. Your CIOs, your CTOs have to be really good friends, I believe, like phone a friend with your acquisition head, your head of contracting activity, or your senior procurement executive, all of those folks have got to know one another on a first name basis and meet as regularly as possible to understand what's the mission here, what are we trying to get to, and like what's our overall goal in order to help meet those goals. But in terms of on the ground, you have to make sure that your acquisition workforce knows what they're buying, understands what exactly are they helping procure in order to help lead the program offices or the requirements offices on acquisition strategy, on the documentation that they need, on administering those contracts appropriately. I'm a believer in like, again, phoning a friend, making sure people know what exactly are they buying in order to really be really good business advisors. One thing that we push and we really encourage folks to do is like bite the apple. Don't try to eat the whole apple. In one shot, right? Like bite, take small bites. If you're moving in the direction of IT modernization, you like for the first time, try something small, like get small wins under your belt. And don't be afraid of like failing that, like having a fail safe environment is really important so that people can learn on the smaller side of the house before they jump into bigger IT modernization efforts.
0: Right, it's nice to, I'm sure for teams to know that they have those lifelines. What are some ways that the digital service is helping federal agencies reform some of these processes?
1: So um, some ways are in in the beginning phase. So when we, if we have an engagement and we go into an agency, one thing that we'd like to do is what's called a discovery sprint. And it's a multidisciplinary group that will go in and kind of try to get to the ground truth of what is the problem we're all trying to solve here. And on that team will sit an acquisition professional. So that person will meet with acquisition people on the ground, meet with program people on the ground to understand what contracts exist now, where are they trying to get in terms of contracts, if at all. Um, And then will help shape the acquisition documentation at times, like the performance work statement or the statement of objectives to ensure that if they're trying to build an application to help veterans Get, you know, gain better access to their benefits. That there's user research baked into that documentation so that you get a really good company that understands what user research is. We'll make sure that the solicitation has a really solid foundation in terms of the evaluation criteria and help with, you know, something as an example, like a multi phased acquisition approach or an evaluation approach so that we can scale down to. You know, a select few of the best of the firms in order to alleviate the need to do a huge paper chase in the procurement so that, you know, we don't burden companies from having to, you know, send in tomes of paperwork ahead of time, um, which nobody likes to do. And nobody, no company that I've had conversations with likes to do, you know, 100 page proposals or quotes and nobody on the government side loves to read 100-page <laughs> proposals or quotes paper what's that <laughs> oh my god right <laughs> exactly so helping folks get through the evaluation and then for them to award to the best company to come in and do to partner on the different projects and then we may stay in to help you know with the initial engagement as the contract is being administered just to ensure that everything is you know, that the teams are stabilizing and, you know, norming and storming and doing all of that to make sure that things are moving in the right direction.
0: Awesome. So sounds like digital superheroes, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we try, but you know, it, we definitely go in with knowing that our partners on the ground know way more than we do about their environment. And we lean heavily on their expertise to make sure that we're all doing it right.
0: Great. Some of the tools that came out of USDS, you know, we have the digital service maturity determination tool. That one actually came out during your first stint at USDS. Were you involved in that?
1: I wasn't, but I think it's an excellent tool that I think is underutilized. So if you're familiar with that tool, then, or for those who aren't familiar with it, it sits within the Tech Far Hub. And the Tech Far Hub was created back in 2014, which is a part along with the digital service playbook. And this maturity tool helps organizations understand where they are in order to structure their acquisition appropriately. So I'm a runner. So a lot of my analogies come down to running. So as an example, like if somebody wants to train for their first 5K or 10K, I wouldn't want someone to jump off the couch immediately who has never run before. I'm going to want to know, have you ever run before? Do you have the appropriate shoes? Do you know anything about running in terms of conditioning? The maturity tool has, is something like that where it's trying to assess where are you in the landscape? Do you have the right people on the ground to do an evaluation, to do a multi phase evaluation? Do you have people on the ground? If you're gonna evaluate firms that are doing user research, do you have people within your organization who can evaluate those types of services? So making sure that you understand like where are you honestly And then moving forward with that knowledge behind you.
0: Okay, great. And earlier you mentioned, you know, certain agencies are maybe more far ahead than others. You talked about, you know, a use case with veterans and their claims and benefits are there any agencies that you have noticed have been especially quick to adopt this more agile approach to tech acquisitions? You know, are you able to name drop anybody?
1: (laughs) So in terms of name dropping, I'll name drop the VA as well as CMS, which is part of, you know, HHS and Homeland Security. These are three agencies where there are folks who have graduated from the DITAP program, the Digital IT Acquisition Program, professionals training program that USDS created alongside with OFPP. Now, and I'll say that because these are agencies where there are people who have been trained, contracting officers in particular, who have been trained in this process. What are digital services? What are the foundations of it? What are some methods to buy digital services and bring them into your organization along with your program offices? So there are definitely there are other agencies that are doing a great job at this, but those are the three that I'll highlight. And they're not small. No, they're not. No, they're not. But they're also, because they're not small, they have a lot of acquisition shops, right? VA is an exception because it has the technology acquisition center that focuses all of its IT in one space where other agencies distribute their IT buying across different acquisition shops.
0: Wow. Amazing. Well, that's good to hear. You know, it's something as big as HHS or CMS, you know, can be accomplishing some of these things. So as a former contracting specialist yourself, are there any recommendations that you would give to others in those positions looking to streamline their technology acquisitions? And you probably answered this earlier, but I wanted to get kind of your uh, overarching take on that.
1: I think it's about learning, being open to failing being open and being humble enough to know that you don't know everything and that there are opportunities to learn way more. Those on the contract side, we are trained to learn the FAR and the FAR supplement wherever we live, the DFAR is when I was at DOD or the HISSAR when I was at HHS. Like you're trained to learn and live and breathe those acquisitions. But in order to do this job very, very well, I argue that you really have to Blend your skills into the IT space or whatever your program office is buying. Understand the technology that they're buying. You don't have to be a technologist or a heavy, you know, software engineer, but learning enough to be an informed partner—that's not only on the acquisition side, but that you can ask questions around the technology and understand what you're buying—is key. I think the days of being a contracting officer, a contract specialist who waits for something to be thrown over the virtual fence into your email, it have to be over. You have to be able to learn as much as you can about the requirements that are coming over in order to be a solid partner. And on the IT side, there's so much to learn about. I mean, there's things coming out every day that I think, and you know, there are plenty of places for people to learn these things as well.
0: Right. And sometimes it's hard to keep up.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I know the model of USDS is to have these short terms. So looking ahead into your term now, is there anything you're hoping to really walk away with truly accomplishing?
1: Oh gosh, so there are many. (laughs) So one that I'll highlight is really expanding DITAP. And the thrust of DITAP really was to build an IT acquisition community. And we've done, I think, a really good job getting people trained. I mean, there are over 400 people who have completed that training, but really building the community around that so that people understand where can you go for, if somebody has already bought certain services, where can I go to you know, leverage that kind of material, that kind of documentation? So people aren't reinventing the you know, performance work statement wheel for the same kind of service from agency to agency to agency. Things will be tailored from agency to agency, but the essence of the buy can be pretty similar, but really building out that community. And I'm really passionate about people knowing what they're buying, as I said a few minutes ago, really understanding like, what is this IT space that I'm in? When people say IT modernization, what do they mean? When people are buying cloud services, what do they mean? Really making sure that our IT acquisition professionals are feeling secure and confident about what they're buying, but also that their leadership gives them the room to fail safely. And there's a you know a failure tolerant environment, but they need to have the space to learn as much as possible in order to be really solid business advisors and make sure that the taxpayer's dollar is being used as efficiently and responsibly as possible.
0: That'll definitely make everyone happy. <laughs>
1: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Florence, thank you so much for chatting with me. This was great uh, look into acquisitions and procurement and kind of how you're innovating in the space.
1: Thanks so much, Amy. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to our website. And please, if you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes. We continue to strive to help you connect with federal IT's top decision makers. Thanks for listening.